With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Sky U Podcast. I am U Street. I'm joined this week by Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Hello, hello. And Blake, Iowa Gopher. A pleasure to be here as always. There is a big controversy that I think it's important that we talk about straight off the bat. The University of Minnesota defeated Nebraska in football. Chris is not here. I'm now in the chair. For the other members of the podcast, how do we feel about this new host controversy? You know, I'm not opposed to it. Um, I think sometimes, you know, just because someone's been in a position for a long time, you can get complacent and, you know, you might lose sight that there's better options out there and are just, you know, shy away from trying different things. So I appreciate this opportunity to, you know, get away from Chris's usual tyranny and, you know, maybe try something new. So I'm all for it. Yeah, you know, uh, we, we got to put uh, got to put some youth back into this and, and, and make sure that, uh, you know, uh, Chris's time is, is probably waned a little bit. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe the pod has gotten a bit stale with him in charge so maybe maybe we just need to make a change to get some uh, new energy in here and we'll be we'll be doing all right fresh blood can can be beneficial in unrelated news the university of minnesota defeated nebraska to retain the bits of broken chair in part due to a second half comeback led predominantly for being real by mo ibrahim and a bit of the offensive line but also Ethan Kaliak Macus, uh, what did you all think about the game on Saturday? Well, I, I take a little bit of issue with you saying the comeback was led predominantly by Mohamed Ibrahim in the offensive line. I would say an, an unsung storyline from that game was that that comeback isn't possible if the defense doesn't figure things out after that first quarter. I mean, they didn't have it was an admittedly poor first quarter. <clears throat> excuse me, but they keeping it to ten points after that. I mean, for as long as they did was pretty much what enabled that comeback to happen. It, like if the game had gotten out of hand from there, it didn't wouldn't really matter what, you know, Mo or the offensive line had been able to do in the second half. It just they wouldn't have been able to win a shootout. So um I thought really impressed with their effort. I mean at one point I think they forced six straight three and outs. Um which is I mean Nebraska's offense didn't wasn't great with, you know, their two backup quarterbacks. So um but I mean to Joe Rossi's credit, he made adjustments from that initial game plan. They figured things out and gave their team a chance and um another un- unsung hero is Matthew Trickett. I mean two really critical field goals and both were like season long. The first one was 47 yards, which was a season long at the time. And his second one, which put them ahead was 49 yards. Um, so those are not gimmies by any stretch. So the fact that he nailed both of them, I think was critical, but um, yeah, everyone's going to talk about <clears throat> the quarterback controversy and eighth and playing well and things like that. And that's perfectly fine. But um, I do think a, a big aspect of this game was the defense and, you know, Matthew Trickett at kicker, really coming through and to me it was it was a team comeback i thought they needed a lot of guys across the board to really step up and that's what they got in the second half 
Andy, as I'm sure everyone is aware on the podcast, Andy is our most sunny and optimistic of the blog commentary at fandom. Uh, did you think that Mark Crawford did enough for Minnesota to win on Saturday? I mean, you always want your punter to do more, and, and you're seeing some of these field-flipping kickers doing great things across the Big Ten. But, um, I mean, we got the win. That's the most important thing. I mean, everybody can receive criticism, and everybody probably one way or another should receive criticism, especially how the first half went. But uh, when when it was time to put the rubber to the road, uh, everybody did enough to, to get the job done. And uh, the chair comes back to the... Uh, U of M Children's Hospital for another year. Um, that's the that's the most important part. Um, but yeah, you know it it's uh, it was it was definitely nerve wracking for that first half. Um, and I wish we could say that that's not going to happen again some point in the last three regular season games we have coming up. But uh, I think we all agree that they definitely have the ability to to come out and lay an egg here again for a quarter of time if possible. So um, the big thing the Gophers need to do is try and channel that, that second half energy and, and figure out how to come out with it uh, right away from the gate rather than trying to figure it out when your backs are against the wall. Because, um, you know, Northwestern, we hope that won't matter, but uh, you, you bet I won Wisconsin it will. We'll turn to Northwestern in a second, but one of the other consequences of the win on Saturday, in addition to the bits of broken chair and yet another win over a team that wears red and white, always helpful, is the Govers became bowl eligible. Andy, and or Blake, but we'll start with Andy, which of the terrible destinations that the Govers are currently slotted to do you think is most likely that you would go on a trip to? Uh, well, I probably will not be making a bull trip to any destination, but of the uh, of the potential locales, um, I mean, honestly, Nashville around New Year's is probably pretty decent. Um, we How's been... your woo girl? <laughs> How's my woo girl? Yeah, no, I mean, we, we haven't been to the Music City Bowl for, what, about 16, 17 years now. Um, so, you know, nobody who, unless you've been really dedicated to this fan base, has, has spent a... a few days in Nashville between Christmas and New Year's lately. Um, I think Nashville probably would be a little bit nicer weather-wise than New York City. Um, and unless you want to end up playing for the Mayo Bowl in Charlotte as a sort of a practice run for the non-conference game in North Carolina, um, you know, I think that's probably the, the best for locales. Um, I think absolutely nobody wants to go back to Detroit, and, and we basically won't go back to Phoenix. So at this point, you're pretty much stuck between, uh, most likely between Nashville, New York, and Charlotte. And I'm guessing the vast majority of the fan base would probably prefer Nashville on that one. Blake, what's your take on Mayo? Uh, I I like that. I mean, I like Mayo. I'll be, I'll be that guy. A lot of people are ashamed of admitting it. I mean, I like it. Chipotle Mayo is probably the best type of Mayo that there is. Um, and furthermore, I'm a big fan of the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Um, as disgusting as the, well, I think it was a Mayo bath. I'm trying to think who it was. I think it was Shane Beamer, coach of Virginia Tech, who got the Mayo, the inaugural Mayo bath after it was a viral sensation the year before. Um, as disgusting as that was in practice, in theory, it was brilliant. I'm glad it happened. So, I mean, if, if this is our opportunity to see P.J. Fleck, doused in disgusting mayonnaise i think we have to take that opportunity i mean nothing against pj but i just think that's a milestone that every coach should aspire to and i really think that uh if he's serious about you know 
becoming an iconic figure in Minnesota football history. He's got to add this to his resume. Something in order to add to that resume is probably a win over Northwestern. Blake, since you're regularly writing previews for us at the blog at thedailygopher.com, should we be terrified of the Northwestern Wildcats? I not particularly. Um, it's a, they're a really strange program. Um, it's been a very weird four years for that uh, uh, Northwestern team. I, they won three games in 2019, won the Big Ten West in 2020, won three games in 2021, and are pretty much down the barrel of a one-win season this year. Um, so that that 2020 season is looking more and more like an aberration. This program just has kind of cratered especially on the offensive side of the ball um i think the biggest difference when you look at these you know last four years and look at that 2020 season in particular they had actually a decent quarterback and that was indiana transfer peyton ramsey and without him they really just haven't had any consistency at the quarterback position in their offense i mean one they don't they lack a lot of dynamic playmakers at the skill positions which doesn't help but um just not having a guy on Quarter, on offense, a quarterback who can actually just be just be a game manager, I think that's been their problem too. You know, they had um, South Carolina transfer Ryan Holinsky for the first, um, I think, five, four or five games the season start, and he was averaging like 44 pass attempts a game, um, which is not what you think of when you think of a Pat Fitzgerald offense um, at Northwestern. You think, you know, pretty much a kind of a PJ Flack audience offense. You know, ground and pound, chew up clock. Um, you know, make throws when you need to, and um, this team just does, just lacks any on offense. I mean, they've got one weapon in particular, um, uh, Maple Grove products. So he should be familiar to Minnesotans. Evan Holt running back. He's great out of the backfield. Um, big, good pass catcher for them. I think he's actually second on the team in receptions, um, but also their leading rusher. So, but outside of him, I mean, there's just not much going on for this offense. Um, they recently just changed quarterbacks um, to redshirt freshman Brendan Sullivan. He's a little bit more mobile than Holinsky is. He's been efficient through the air, completed about 70% of his passes in each of the last three games. But um, just to have been even with that improvement, they haven't been able to get much going. Um, and, you know, if it's, if it's not one thing, it's another. He only threw two interceptions against Maryland. He was sacked seven times by Iowa. Um, I mean, as a team, they're averaging 16.7 points per game on offense. So this, in theory, on paper, this should be a very beatable um, offense for Joe Rossi. Um assuming they can avoid, you know, that first quarter slump that, that that's kind of been characteristic all season long and stopping the run. Cause that, that's going to be the biggest thing is stopping Evan Hall, making sure that he's not, you know, getting chunks of yards at a time and helping them sustain drives and, and convert on third down. Um, beyond that, I mean, on defense, this isn't your typical Pat Fitzgerald defense either. Um, you know, they rank 112th nationally at run defense or allowing, you know, nearly 200 rushing yards a game. Um, they looked somewhat better, um, on the interior against the Ohio state in the run, but that was also a game where they had like 60 mile per hour gusts of wind. So, um, passing game wasn't really a factor. You kind of knew what both teams were going to do, but, uh, but yeah, this is not a great defense either. So I would think that there'd be some room for Minnesota to, you know, get their ground game going and pass when they need to, depending on who's playing quarterback. Um, either way, they're going to need Mo Ibrahim to get, to get the, the run game going. So, on paper, this should be a very winnable game for Northwestern, or not Northwestern, Minnesota. Hopefully that wasn't a Freudian slip. But uh, To be but, fair, it could also be a relatively easy game for Northwestern, depending on which Minnesota comes to play, as Andy's point about Nebraska was related to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Andy, how do you feel about uh, Minnesota's chances against Northwestern? 
I mean, as I was going to say in the predictions, I mean, the, the Gophers match up fairly well, and, and frankly, other than Northwestern's win in Dublin over over Nebraska, they've really looked not great in the Big Ten season. Um, you know, they, they looked actually pretty fantastic against Ohio State last week, but I think that's what Ohio State was playing um, against Mother Nature more than, than against Nebraska. Uh, plus, they had a few injuries, which I'm, I'm sure they probably took them completely lightly. In fact, I think that's the biggest task that making sure that, that P.J. Fleck and the rest of the Gopher covering staff is, is realizing, no, you cannot take this team lightly. If you go in thinking that you're going to roll over them like you did any of your non-conference opponents, it could be a long Saturday. So, And that's where it comes into, I wonder if that happened uh, a little bit early in the game against Nebraska as well. So uh, I'm not so much worried about the talent matchups. I think Minnesota is a much more talented team. But it's, it's going to be the psychological coming in and going, okay, let's just run these guys out of the building from the f- opening kickoff rather than just thinking, oh, we can fool around, we're better than these guys, da, 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 and all of a sudden you find yourself down a touchdown at halftime and wondering what the hell happened. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, which we can all hope would not, in fact, occur. We will, of course, get back to predictions. But I want to point out that we are entering the best time of the year if you enjoy the fall college sports. Not just because last weekend the University of Minnesota did phenomenally well. But in addition, because uh, basketball has started, hockey has continued, and both of those sports won. So relative to the basketball team, just as a very quick rundown, the men's team defeated Western Michigan. Western Michigan is bad. Minnesota uh, is definitely still finding their feet, but there's some exciting things uh, within the program. Dawson Garcia had a very solid first game. It'll be interesting to see when Jameson Battle returns, whether or not the nature of the offense changes a little bit, since right now Dawson Garcia is very ball dominant. On the women's side, the University of Minnesota women's team won their first game against Western Illinois, who is also really bad. But Minnesota is going to very much roll with a youth-oriented team and a very talented class. Maya Braun looks like she's going to be a great player. Maya Battle also looks like she's going to be a great player. So hopefully the games, when they start getting off BTN+, Plus, will be things that more fans can, in fact, watch. Andy, hockey also did pretty well. Tell us about it. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a really good weekend for the Gopher men. Uh, they finally got back on the uh, on their sweeping ways, hearing that battle him ring out at that 3M Marina Marici. Uh, Notre Dame came into uh, into the rink this weekend, and the Gophers pretty much took care of business. Um, you know, they uh, jumped out right away to an early lead on Friday, hung on to pick up a uh, 4-1 win, uh, blew the shutout for Justin Close with 45 seconds left in the game, which uh, you could tell they were not pleased about. Uh, luckily, they decided they were going to go back and get it and, and get it for him on Saturday. They they did get the 3-0 shutout. Uh, 
close, picks up the number two Big Ten star of the week, uh, allowing just one goal on 50 shots. Uh, the Gopher freshmen continue to, to find the back of the net. Uh, Jimmy Snugger had picked up another goal. Logan Cooley, who had been uh, in a bit of a scoring funk, <coughs> excuse me, picked up an empty net goal on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Snugger had actually had two goals on, on Friday night. I, I forgot one of them already. Uh, Matthew Nye's back in the scoring. Jackson Nelson in his 100th game as a gopher, picked up a goal on Saturday as well. So uh, Minnesota really sort of took it to Notre Dame. The Irish were ranked 12th in the country. Minnesota uh, was number three coming into the weekend after they split the previous uh, weekend with um, Ohio State. Minnesota's back to number one in the country this week after uh, previous number one uh, Michigan lost uh, a game split with Penn State. That Penn State team, which comes in undefeated so far in first place in the Big Ten, is here for a special Thursday-Friday series at Mariucci. Uh, the Big Ten has finally decided that they were going to go away from these Friday-Sunday split series when football gets in the way, and they're just going to play them early. So uh, Friday night, Saturday night, uh, Gophers and Penn State at, at Mariucci um, should be good. The women uh, had another really good weekend. They picked up a uh, an overtime win and a win over number five UMD. Uh, two big games for them. Uh, again, Abby Murphy has been just ridiculous for the Gophers this season. Skylar Vetter's been great in goal. Uh, Taylor Heisey, their uh, Patty Kaz Award winner, uh, picked up several points on the weekend. So the Gophers look really good. And then came Monday night. Uh, Minnesota played St. Cloud State in the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame uh, Museum Women's Face-Off Classic. It technically was a real game. It was not an exhibition game, but you could tell the Gophers sort of took it like an exhibition game. Uh, St. Cloud knocked off the Gophers 4-1. to one. Uh, As we said, it was a real game. doesn't count in the WCHA standings, but it does count as a non-conference game. Uh, it's St. Cloud's first win over the Gophers since 2010. Um... So that's a little disappointing, but you could pretty much tell that uh, the Gophers, uh, they've got an off weekend this weekend and just come off of four big wins over ranked opponents, and then they definitely were uh, not in the right headspace to play this game. So I uh, don't think it will really matter too much in the long run. Um, might have some pairwise implications, but we'll worry about that come down February. Uh, the Gopher women get the weekend off before heading to Madison, uh, for a series against, most likely, it should be either number two or number three, Wisconsin. When uh, when the matchup comes up, we'll see if the Gophers drop from that number one spot in this week's polls. They probably will um, after this loss. But uh, Gopher women still standing strong, have not lost a WCHA game yet this year, um, are in first place in the conference, and, and just need to get over this, uh, you know, sort of lazadaisical uh should have won, but it didn't really put on a, a full effort. So um, they'll get over that. Uh, quick mention, volleyball had another big sweep last week. They're still right in the thick of the Big Ten race in, in fourth place. A couple games between uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and uh, Nebraska, who are all tied for the top. Uh, we're down to about two and a half weeks of the regular season left. Uh, Thanksgiving weekends when the Big Ten season ends, uh, and the NCAA tournament begins, and then the uh, Hugh McCutcheon say goodbye watch starts in uh, official earnest as we get into the NCAA tournament. So uh, things to watch. I think the Gophers pick up a, a 
game against Maryland late this week uh, should be a pretty easy win for Minnesota. So uh, they're positioning themselves in a good place and hopefully uh, a decent shot at, at earning uh, one of those top 16 seeds and uh, hosting first and second round at the PAV for the NCAA tournament. So all very exciting. We're at the point of the show that is predictions. Uh, my prediction is that the game on Saturday is not going to be super fun to watch. Uh, Blake, what is your prediction? I'd also point out, I think the last three weeks, as we concluded, you point out that the games are not going to be fun to watch, but they could also go 3-0 and in those games. So it's a question of like, what's more important, the entertainment value or winning? So I just, just want to throw that out to, for people. Uh, well, winning is, is more important, <laughs> but I feel justified in my prediction for the last two weeks. So we're going, going for three in a row. Uh, I do think you'll be 3-0 and in terms of the score. I mean, yeah, it's probably not going to be the most entertaining game. Although I, yeah, I find I did find Saturday's game to be most entertaining because of the second half. But um, this Saturday, I think possibly another close, ugly game for a while with maybe Minnesota pulling away late. I've got 24-10 in favor of the Gophers. Um, I think my, my biggest concern is the Nebraska curse. Every every team that's beaten Nebraska this, this season has lost the following week. Um Northwestern, patient zero. They beat Nebraska and Ireland. Haven't, haven't had a win on U.S. soil since then. Um, have lost eight straight in America. Um, so I think if Minnesota defeats them this weekend, they'll vanquish the curse, and it'll be over with, I think. And I think I'm optimistic that that's what's going to happen. So here's to you know Minnesota actually destroying a football-related curse. Andy? Yeah, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see exactly who uh, plays at quarterback for the Gophers. Uh, I, you know, I think we probably would lean Ethan will get the start, but uh, frankly, other than PJ Fleck and, and probably Tanner Morgan and Ethan, nobody's going to really know until some point uh, midday on Saturday. Um, it's going to be the first cold game of the year. Looks like about, um, you know, low 30s during kickoff. It'll be dark for the second half under the lights. Um, you know, all those can have a different, but I do think, I do think Minnesota takes care of business. It, like you said, it's probably not going to be pretty, um, but they, they find a way to grind it out. I've got them 27, 10. Uh, I just don't think Northwestern's offense is very good. And the Gophers defense, obviously when they're not, you know, playing stupid, um, is, is one of the better ones. And, you know, whether, whether it's Ethan or whether it's Tanner, um, you're, you're obviously going to see a, a heavy dose of, of Muhammad Ibrahim once again, um, I do think Minnesota can can keep that going and and go get a 27-10 victory on Saturday and then we can all turn our our heads towards, you know, the game that I think everybody still has circled. Uh Wisconsin means a lot, but I think there's not a single Gopher fan that does not have their their calendar scheduled for uh for a week from Saturday when when Iowa comes to town certainly our other compatriot on this podcast thank you once again for joining us this week make sure to check out the daily gopher for previews as well as not only for football but also hockey basketball and a variety of other sports that as andy mentioned are beginning to get to the twilights of their seasons in the meantime go gophers sky you ma row the boat (laughs) 